This morning, we're going to dive right in. If you guys have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 2 Samuel 23, 13. While you're turning there, it'll be up on the board as well, I think. Maybe we'll put it up on the slides. Maybe not. Um, Okay, so pretty much um, we're just going to jump right into this story that's talking about David and his men. So um, 2 Samuel, just the verse, Elisa, if you want to throw that up there. Oh, good luck reading that. (laughs) Yeah, you can figure it out. Um, Oh, there it is. Perfect. So um, I'll just read it up for you guys. And three of the 30 chief men went down and came about harvest time to David at the cave of Adelaide. When a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephaim, David was then in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then at Bethlehem. And David said longingly, Oh, that someone would give me water to drink from Bethlehem. Oh, sorry, from the well of Bethlehem that is by the gate. So just to give you a quick like preface of what the heck is going on right now, is David literally is just asking for water from the enemy's camp. Why can't have water from his camp? Don't really know. But it showed in the next section what his mighty men did. So it says, Then the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and carried and brought it to David. But he would not drink it. He poured it out to the Lord and said, For be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of the men who want to risk their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. Um, So I'm just going to pray over this morning really quick, and then we'll dive into it. Lord, I thank you so much um, for this place, God. I thank you so much for um, this family that we have here, that we're blessed to come here um, just throughout the week and to just have people that we can be in community with, Lord. I just pray this morning that we would um, just be able to tune into your Holy Spirit this morning and that we will be able to hear what you have to speak to us, um, whether that be what I say or what a friend speaks life into us today, whatever it may be, Lord, I just pray that we would be in tune with what you want to speak today in your name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. First of all, you guys feel a little sleepy this morning. Are we a little tired? Yeah, everyone. Great. Okay. So just nudge your neighbor, tell him to wake up. Got a service to listen to. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Now you're talking. Now you're awake. Okay. Now bring it back. Okay. This morning, Okay, now that you're awake, listen up. So um, this morning I get actually such a fun opportunity to um, kind of talk about my friends because um, what we're looking at is this, this story of David's men risking everything they had to go out and get this water for David. And why he, and once he got it, he felt like he wasn't even deserving of it because of the sacrifice it was. So he poured it out to the Lord. And so this morning we get to talk about friendship And um, if you know me, you know I just love to talk about my friends. And if you follow me on Instagram, that's literally all I post is friends and family. So um, it's great. Just I'm excited to just share what friendship looks like and the benefits we get from being in community. And um, this passage, also to give you a little bit of context in 2 Samuel, is um, really David getting a chance to reflect on his life and kind of share stories of his friends as well. Um, They're called the mighty men. I should just start calling my friends mighty women and men. I think it would make them feel more excited. And um, so it's really just him reflecting on 
people he's gotten to walk through life with and what that looks like. So um, now that we know what's going on with David, let's jump in to the first point, which is friendship makes us stronger together. So alone, on their own, David's men and David were strong, but really they couldn't conquer the amount that they were able to conquer when they came together. So when they were together, they slayed many hundreds of men, thousands of men, and they were able to create this bond and this community of men that was able to take on so much more than if David was by himself or if even these men were by themselves. So the Lord surrounds people surrounds us with people for certain seasons. Um, when I first moved back from college, I um, grew up here, and then I moved away for a church internship. And then when I came back, I was like, oh, community will be the same it's been. I have these friends here, like, easy, like, no effort. Of course I'll have friends. Well, the first couple months um, were definitely spent, like, hanging out um, with my mom and going on walks and um, watching Gilmore Girls with my parents, which no complaints there, honestly, the best. But um, I learned very quickly that it was going to take a little bit more than just being in the same location to have friendships and community that I needed. It was going to take me going out of my way to make plans with people, which sometimes is a little scary to put yourself out there because. What if people say no? Or what if they have other plans and then you take it personally because you think it's on you when it's not? But anyway, so um, I learned really quickly that it was going to take a lot more of me pouring into the people around me to have the community that I wanted. And um, looking back now, that's been about a year and a half since I've been back. And I can say honestly that I have one of the most amazing communities around me. And... um, I got to go to Cabo on a little trip with my friends. And when you guys get older, go on trips with your best friends because it's so much fun. And um, I, one morning we were um, doing devotions together on our little patio thing. And um, it was so cool because God was reminding me that um, we could easily be a friend group that has fun together which we do, we still do that, but um, just has fun together and just has surface-level friendships, that could easily be what we do. But God taught me literally on this trip the importance of when we come together as a group of, as a community of followers and truly leaders. Um, I actually have a picture from the trip because I thought you guys would want to see it. So, oh yeah, this is us doing um, devotions one morning. Honestly, these are just for fun so you guys can see my friends. And then um, the next one, yeah, this is all of us um, going out to dinner one night. So, uh, is there another one? Oh, this is us wearing ponchos. (laughs) Because why not when you have ponchos? (laughs) So, yeah, those are just for fun. But, um, sorry, I got a little sidetracked. So, back on track. Um, Yeah, God really taught me that, so all of these people, and maybe you know some of those people, um, some of them are leaders, and all of them, some of them are leaders here, all of them are leaders and um, such strong followers of Christ that it would be a waste if we came together as a community but did nothing for his kingdom. So we learned, literally doing devotions in Cabo, the importance of 
what we can conquer as a community. So we started our day in the ward, and we even the poncho picture was us um, by the fire in just such intentional conversation. And I'm not saying that you can't have fun with your friends because, believe me, we had a ton of fun. But I'm saying that when you are intentional with the friendships around you, there will be so much more of an impact outside of just that community that you have. Um, And... From that, we've even started, like, a Bible study from that. And it's interesting because maybe you guys think, like, oh, once you're an adult, you'll have your life together and, like, things will just come naturally. But you really, you have to be intentional with the people around you. And that starts now. Some of these friendships that I have to this day started when I was in junior high, in this room, and growing up here. And because of being intentional and pouring into them, I'm still able to walk with those women and men today. So, um... Have a community that asks hard questions. Um, It's really easy to just encourage the people around you and not call them out. In fact, it's really scary to call people around you or to even be called out. But have friendships that are strong enough that you're able to call the people out when you're like, okay, that's not really what we talked about last week in our devotions. Um, But not in a demeaning way, but in calling someone up and to a higher standard. So that... um, Brings me to my next thing is um, friendships are worth fighting for. David's top three chief men literally risked their life for water for him because they cared so much about him as a leader and him as a warrior and as just this mighty man. They cared for him. And I'm not saying that you need to like risk your literal life to get your friend water. But um, he was a leader that people surrounded themselves with, and or he surrounded themselves because of that. And um, if you don't think you have a community that is worth fighting for, you might want to reevaluate the people you surround yourself with. I'm going to say that again. If you don't feel like you have a community worth fighting for, you might want to reevaluate the people that you surround yourself with. And I'm not saying to ditch all your friends, but if you don't have people that you trust and um, that trust you, then you want to be around those people. You want to be around people that um, spear you on more into your walk with the Lord. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard people say like something along the lines of, hmm, I'm not happy anymore, so I'm not going to be friends with that person anymore. And this is so easy in our community to um, switch it because we're so quick to be a consumer in relationships rather than to have a covenant in relationships. And to give you some context for those words, um, covenant is a lot like a wedding. A good example of a covenant is when people get married. I myself has never have never been married, but I've gotten to go to a lot of weddings and be in a lot of weddings. So I've seen it happen a couple times, um, and maybe you guys have gotten to go to weddings before where you've seen um, the bride and the groom up on stage or wherever, and um, they're making these vows and they're pouring out these things. But that covenant means nothing when they go into their year of marriage and they don't follow any of those super emotional vows that they wrote. So that covenant has to be the same even when times are tough. Consumer is a lot like when you're going into a grocery store 
And when you're walking to a grocery store, you're not like thinking, okay, all these workers, I need to be helping them. I need to make sure they know what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, you go into a grocery store and you're like, okay, I can't find, I don't know why I thought of mayonnaise first. Don't know. Don't even eat mayonnaise. Um, I can't find this certain thing. Like, can you help me? Or um, you're going to the checkout and like you're having someone there assist you. So it's all about what you can get when you go into that environment. Um, Covenant stays to work out the problem, whereas consumer is only there when it is easy or rewarding for them. So in relationships, um, it shouldn't, it's not always going to be easy or um, just natural. A lot of times when you have amazing friends, those times do happen, but, um, Many of you know Deb, Pastor Deb, and uh, her and I are really close friends, and she's taught me a lot about what it looks like to be um, not only good friends with someone, but truly have a rooted friendship in the Lord. And um, something she says often is, friendship should inconvenience you. And what she means by this is that you shouldn't always be receiving from friends. Her favorite example is driving someone to the airport. So last week she flew to LA and I drove her to the airport um, because I love to. Why not spend time with her? And we even had a sleepover the night before because we got up so early. So we made the best out of it. But I could have easily said, "Um, sorry, that's 5 a.m. on my day off that like one day I really get to sleep in. So, you know, um, could you ask someone else? But instead... I was able to say, well, when I go to the airport at 5 a.m., I would love for someone to drive me. And so if I'm able to sacrifice right now and inconvenience myself just a little bit, then I know, like, it'll be better in the long run. And, like, that's taking care of someone else. So it's so easy to look at, um, especially I feel like in our day and age, is it so much about what we find happiness in and finding things that make you happy and finding things that you find joy in, which is good, but if we're never looking out to the people around us, then we're going to be so consumed with ourselves, we're not going to have any idea of the needs of the people around us. Um, Yeah, so my third point is friendships take being vulnerable. Well, you guys read that on. I'm going to take a quick drink. <clears throat> In the verse that we were looking at originally, um, David wasn't being shown as a victorious David, but um, he was be sh- being shown as vulnerable and um, being dependent on those around him. He was being shown as someone who was asking for help. And um, he could have gone and got the water for himself. He was a warrior. He was a strong man and in the war and a leader, but he was able to ask for help around him. And that put him in such a vulnerable position. And being vulnerable is honestly really scary sometimes. Um, I'm someone who would love to have other people be vulnerable with me, but it's so easy for me to just say, okay, you're being vulnerable. Let's talk about that. Like what's going on in your life? What's happening with that? But I'll just, like, continue to serve you and not um, talk about what I'm going through or what might be hurting me or different things like that. And I don't know if you guys um, can relate with that at all. But also, um, get people in your life that, like I said, are willing to ask hard questions but are also willing to speak life 
um, into you when you're believing lies. Or there's so many times when it's so easy, um, even Deb, so many stories about Deb. You're welcome. (laughs) She, as a friend, is someone who I know when I call or when she calls me, we have this relationship where we'll be speaking truth into each other. And actually, Kayla as well, we're so quick to um, call each other and What this does is we have these lies that are like on repeat in our head and they're so easy. And when you tell no one about them, they start to make a lot of sense. Kind of like what Asmari was speaking about last week is they start to become normal. You're like, oh yeah, of course I would be believing that. And God's like, I never told you that. Like, that's not from me at all. And so even relating back with Asmari's message of speaking things out that has to do with being vulnerable with the people around you. And when you speak those things out, it, it breaks the power that it had, that the lie of being in the dark had. Because when it's in the light, then it's, there's so much life that comes from it. So um, I'm going to read a quick verse of First Samuel 22. It's kind of near where we were at. You don't need to turn to it. I'll just read it. Um, and everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him, and he became a commander over them. And there were with him about 400 men. So David was a leader who was able, people felt comfortable around him. And it wasn't because he was demanding or because he was a tyrant leader or because he was anything that we might think as a leader. It's because he was vulnerable with the people around him and they felt like they could be in a safe place of being around him. And this um, was so important especially if you think of a team and maybe you think of your community as a team, um, you have to be able to come together in that. And um, some, like we're humans, we're not perfect. We come with baggage. So you have to be able to come together and be honest with one another about what you're going through and the things that are hard that are going on in your life. Um, The devil would love for our lies to be in secret and would love for it to be something that we don't share. Um, These men, if they would have come in and fought these battles, they would have been put into war with each other without knowing who each other was if they weren't able to be vulnerable first. So when we're able to come together in friendships and be vulnerable, then that is when times get tough and war happens, then you have those people on your right and your left that are able to be, that you know you've done hard things with and been vulnerable with, so that when you face things together, it's so much more united. And you know that you have the support of the people behind you and around you to walk through those hard times with. Um, I'm I'm not naive to the fact that um, you guys are going through hard things. I'm not naive to the fact that you guys are walking through real struggles in your schools, in your homes, um, in your communities, wherever it might be. I know that um, whether or not we come here and are able to just have a smile on our face, or maybe you're being vulnerable and you're being real with the people around you, but there's things that you're going home to and you're going back to that are really, really hard. And um, the idea of community is that God was so intentional with placing people around us so that we're able to carry things together. We were never meant to carry things on our own. In fact, 
God is the only one who can truly carry the struggles that you guys are walking through every day. And I know you guys might hear that a lot and you might think, I don't really know what that means. But it means that when you feel that weight of different things that you're walking through, whether it's hard friendships at school, whether it's um, parents that are going through a divorce, whether it's um, siblings that you don't get along with, whatever those things are, when you feel those try to release them and give them to the Lord. Because um, something I've noticed is it's so easy to just, instead of releasing them, to just shove them further down. So you continue to walk in things and you continue to go through things. And you're like, oh, yeah, that happened, but it's okay. Well, let's look on to the future. Like, that's better. It's more exciting to look forward to. It's a lot harder to sit in pain when it's hard. But God calls us to sit with him in our pain. He doesn't call us to sit there and to to just mope around and like pity ourselves. He calls us to sit with him in our pain and to um, not blaze past things that are hard, but sit in them and truly understand why we're going through these things. And truly understand maybe you were offended by something that you weren't meant to carry. Maybe you have offense of something that was never even directed towards you or was never even meant for you. And so when we're able to sit in his presence, we're able to look at those things and truly understand um, what we're supposed to carry and what we're supposed to give up to him. And when you have community, um, the burdens are a lot lighter that you have to carry because you have people on your right and your left that are carrying those things with you. Um, this is something that I have recently uh, just realized that I'm not very good at is telling um, the truth of how well I'm really doing. And um, if we're being honest here, which, you know, we are, then it's a lot easier for me to, um, like I was saying, take on other people's things and other people's problems or whatever and speak life into those and to walk alongside those and different things like that. But for myself, it's a lot easier for me to just shove those away and not to look at those or um, to, yeah, to face them, really. And you might think that might be you as well. You might think that's really admirable to uh, be selfless in that way, but really it's... um, it's not admirable. It brings a lot of negative negativity, and um, it turns things... Um, you start to wonder, oh, how come no one cares about what, what I'm feeling? How come no one cares about how I'm really doing? I'm pouring out here in school and in work and in my home and all these places, and how come no one's asking how I'm doing? And then you have to realize, oh, I never opened up to how I was doing. Oh, I never asked um, for anyone to walk alongside me in the struggle that I had. Oh, I never asked, um, you know, I never talked to my parents about this, or I never opened up to friends about this. And um, does that make sense, you guys, that things, carrying things on our own and um, just pouring out to the people around us truly isn't something that we should... uh, necessarily look up to. And in fact, David's men um, were not able to carry this war and this um, life that they had done together. They weren't able to carry that on their own. They had to be honest of their um, failures and of their shortcomings. And together, they were able to come together as a strong um, 
like a three-band cord, as it would be said, like a braid that can't be broken, because they knew that they had shortcomings, and they knew that they had things they were really good at, and together they were able to work together because of their shortcomings were different than their friend's shortcomings, and in that way they were able to come together as um, just a stronger band of men. And, um, yeah, just thinking about um, the community that you surround yourself with. Maybe you feel like, oh, I don't have community at school. Um, My school is really hard, and I have people here, but not at school. I would really challenge you to pour into the people here. Whether that means that you have to work a little harder to meet up with them or do things, and I know your parents are driving you around, but if they knew that it was for good community, I think that they would be for it. Um, and so if that, I guess what I'm trying to say is that if it takes more work, it's worth it. And if it takes being inconvenienced, whether that's going to someone's house to meet up after um, church on Sundays or whether it's doing things throughout the week or even just reaching out and texting people, um, it can literally make someone's day by texting them a Bible verse or an encouragement or whatever it might be. And that could have taken you a minute and a half to send. But it could change the trajectory of their day. So I challenge you to be friends who are inconvenienced by each other and that are willing to um, yeah, do things that are hard and walk through things that are difficult together. Um, that brings us to um, just a time that we get to come together. Elisa, you can come on up. Um, or whoever's on keys. Um, and today we're just going to get the opportunity uh, to pray together. And so many times we do different responses, but today I want us to be really intentional with this time. And um, if you feel like you don't have a community yet, then I would challenge you um, to push yourself out of your comfort zone and to maybe ask if you can join that group of girls or that group of guys as we come together to pray. And also in these times, I really want it to be an intentional time of prayer. I'm going to give you guys a little bit longer than normal um, to truly open up with things that you're walking through and things that might seem so overwhelming. Um, So you guys have time. Don't feel rushed. Just relax for a little bit in these groups and really, um, yeah, get with people that you feel comfortable with and pray through things that you're going through right now and that you're um, asking the Lord to walk with you through.